Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hello, hello out there from the center of the earth here in Chicago, Illinois. We're beaming out on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. And again, I'm the host of the show, Bob Lambert. And Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have we got a great one today. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace, and I'm also the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we say we put the win back in your sales. And boy, I am thrilled to introduce all the way from Kirkland, Washington, Dr. Rob McKenna. He's the CEO and founder, and I love the title, Wild Leaders. Okay, welcome, Rob. Thanks, Bob. It is so good to be here. Yeah, I, I got to ask you a little bit. How how did that name come about, Wild, Wild Leaders? Oh, Bob, there's a longer story there. Okay. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll save There's that. We'll say that for the next segment. You know. That I'll okay, you. that's I'll that's t- fine. I'll tell you that story, but I will tell you that it stands for Wild. The acronym. I love it for two reasons. It stands for Whole and Intentional Leader Development. Okay. Um, is what the acronym stands for, and it's okay. kind of what my organization is all about: is providing a system for development. But the other part of it that I always say is that. Um, Every leader has a wild story, Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and so often it's a story that they whisper out loud, but screams out inside of them. Um, and so that's a little bit on the background. I love it. Well, first of all, you 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 shared a quote with me that I'd like for you to to share that with the audience. So, what's the meaning, or why is that important to you, Rob? Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I always say that people, and I don't know if this is controversial. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But is that I don't care that much about leadership. Mm. Um, but I care deeply about leaders. Mm. And, and I think someone does have to care about leadership, but even the, the term kind of, um, it sounds more like a principle than a person. Okay. And so like um, a lot of leadership books, I'm actually not great, a great consumer of the leadership stuff because a lot of it folks on, here's the five principles of leadership. But sometimes I think what happens is, and I'm not, I'm not saying these are all bad things, but sometimes it misses the actual experience of a leader. And um, as a, you know, I, my background in training is in industrial organizational psychology. So I've kind of been deeply embedded in the science and theory behind about around leader development. And there's about four decades of pretty amazing research on how leaders learn and grow on the job and how they deal with crucible experiences in their lives and work. And it's it's deeply personal. And so my my particular focus that I just can't escape, it's just the way I'm wired, is is to focus on the experience of leaders themselves. Because it's like, then we begin to understand the things that they really need for their own development so that they develop the fortitude to, to step forward again. You know, it's so it's that I guess that's what that means, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the actual quote, though, I, I, I found the quote fascinating. So why don't you share what that is? So the quote, and I said, when, when we move 
from a focus on leadership to a focus on the leaders themselves, we begin to see what they really need. Ah, uh, um, very good. And so, and so that's what that's what kind of my point with that is that so much of leadership development is sometimes misses the actual experience that is developing a person's leader capacity. That is, I could talk to you all day long about what that research is all about. And it's not just our, I mean, I've been a part of that research engine as well, but there are a lot of amazing people across the world who have invested in understanding the developmental journey of a human being who's in the position of leading. And it's, and it's pretty fascinating and it's, it's multifaceted and it's complex. And so what we found is that, you know, once you just, it's, I always say also, Bob, that you're, you're, to understand the experience of a leader is kind of as close as the next mirror. Mm. Because if you look at your own experience of trying to, whether you're a parent or a president trying to lead, you realize that it's a very complex kind of thing to try to do that well. Right. And so yeah. that's kind of what that, that's where that quote comes well, from for me. You know, what I like for you to do is let, let our leader, let the folks listening today, what are the kind of takeaways? What should they be taking away today from the show, from the interview? Um, one thing, I guess the first thing is that, uh, to my first point is that it, I think it's time for us to have a conversation about leaders and not just leadership. And, okay. and one of the reasons that, that I hope people, what they take away from that is that if they are struggling, um, in a role of leadership, you know, whether it's a pastor or a CEO or a first time manager or someone that's, you know, uh, leading people on a college campus or whether they're parents, I, that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And that there are people out there who are deeply invested in getting intentional about that. So one thing, so there'd be that awareness that that's there. I think the second right. part of that is that we all have this. Um, my second takeaway is what whole and intentional leader development is about. I ask people this question, Bob, where I'll say, what would your life look like if it were more whole? Mm. And, and I, I've realized over the years that, you know, every one of us has an aspiration to wholeness. But, but, but even to take a look at that aspiration requires us to be aware of the brokenness. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I think giving permission to this, um, to look deeper into that aspiration and to understand what's going on when we think about what it means to develop ourselves as whole, whole leaders, that it, and it, that it is possible to do that with intention. Mm-hmm. And then my last big takeaway that I, I think, uh, um, this is a big one, yep. but it's related to calling and purpose. And if, if we get a chance to talk about this, that, yep. that um, that a call on our lives, and this is a big takeaway to just throw out there, Bob, without a, a lot of context, but that a call on our lives is so often described as something we have. So we describe our, our calling as if it's something we have, as opposed to the call on our lives as something that we hear. Yes. And, yeah. Um, we definitely want to dig into that in the next segment because that's a big piece here. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But before we do yeah. that, let's let the audience know a little bit about your background. You come out of Bouncing Baby Christian Boy. <laughs> what what do I tell you? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, give us a little bit of your testimony. You know, growing up, where'd you grow up? Oh, Were you well, in a Christian I, household? What what was going on with you? Yeah, so I grew up. Um, I am the 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 son of a three time, uh, two time university president and one time seminary president. So oh, my wow. dad was in those kinds of roles, right? And uh, of Christian colleges and in a in a, a seminary where they were providing theological training to people and. I think one of the things, the story I've told about that relates to my testimony is just that my, um, I grew up watching my folks attempting to lead together in very complex situations. And people don't always know that about a college president. And I, I know that there's a certain privilege that comes with that as well. But at the same time, I can tell you that my, my, my parents are amazing people, but 
uh, and many, I've described this before that sometimes our dinner table conversations felt more like, like a boardroom or an advisory session. Mm. And not that they were looking to me for advice, but because like through the, the 60s, 70s and 80s, and even probably till now, there weren't a lot of safe places for a leader to process what was going on right. publicly. Like, you know, if, if my parents were having just normal struggles in a marriage, they're not going to go to the, their local church that they're a part of and share that because it would have shown up in the Seattle Times. Right. Um, it was just like, and so I think some of the realities of leading uh, were wired into me early on um, in my experience. And I ended up spending um, 25 years of my adult career. I was a, I was kind of this, I always describe myself as a bit of a mutt. Um, I'm, I was a university professor and ran a graduate program training people to do the kinds of work I do. Um, and did a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, did an MBA and all these kinds of things. And then I Kind of considered going a corporate route. I also feel like I was, I thought about going to seminary. So I've got that in my blood. Wow. But I will tell you that, um, and, but I was all this time that I was a university professor, I was also running a business mm. and doing consulting with corporations and those kinds of spaces. And I'll tell you that, by the way, running two, having two jobs is harder than it, yeah. I thought it was. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I'll say about that, Bob, in terms of my testimony is I realize, I think I realize now that I think the Lord spent 25 years preparing me for this moment. Mm. Um, and in some weird ways, I always felt like I was just outside the belly of the whale. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel like I was sailing like Jonah in the wrong direction, but I felt like I was, I prayed for years, Bob, that God would put me in the gut of the mm -hmm. whale. Like I was like, I looked at all kinds of roles. Like I looked at a pastoral job across the street. And so my, I guess I, one part of my testimony is just realizing that sometimes that that call on your life takes some patience that you don't even know. I wouldn't even call it patience because it was 25 years of preparation. There you go for the role that I find myself in now. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. It's also, and I so can relate to that, brother. Believe me, uh, <laughs> I'm know? glad. And, and and the fact that you had that breadth of experience like that. That God put mm -hmm. you into that to really sort through that and then finally come out the other side now to see, hey, this is really what it's about. And we're going to get into that in the next segment. I really want to focus some time on that as to your practice. And because you said something very profound about the leader, not leadership. And that's mm -hmm. really important to understand that we're human beings at first, mm -hmm. you know, and how yeah. do we how do we yeah. do that? And how do we how do we frame that out? How do we look at that? And then getting in this whole idea of calling and purpose, because I think you've got a great a, a, a view of this that I haven't heard many people talk about. So uh, that, and we're going to get into wild leadership and all the rest of it. Well, listen, I can't believe, I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With the vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. And I can be a testimony. I have people complimenting us on our website all the time. So thank you, Marshall. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I really encourage you to get out and check them out at uh, inboundstudio.studio. Again, that is inboundstudio. Dot studio and we're going to be right back here with my special guest dr robert mckenna or rob mckenna ceo and founder of wild leaders incorporated
This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Dr. Rob McKenna. He's the CEO and founder of Wild Leaders, all the way from Kirkland, Washington. We're going to find out about that thing, too. Where in the heck is Kirkland, Washington? And Rob, what, welcome, buddy. Hey, uh, yeah, let's let the audience know, where is Kirkland, Washington? Kirkland, Washington is just outside of Seattle. Okay. Most people, it's like, it's the home of Costco. You know, the Kirkland brand? I don't know if you've ah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a great little town. I kind of describe it as the, I don't know, the Newport Beach of Seattle. So it's a great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the Newport Beach of Seattle. I love it. I don't know. Yeah, I had a, the privilege of being out there, uh, actually in Seattle about three years ago. And boy, uh, well, it was actually before the pandemic. And so I, I guess that'd be about three years ago. And uh, what a blast we had. It was a great thing. And we stayed up north of Seattle, kind of halfway huh. to the, um, I'm trying to think of the islands where you take off and see the orcas. Um, yeah, the San Juan's up there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we had, and we were able to, I'm glad we didn't stay in Seattle, but I, you guys got 24-7 traffic. It's amazing. I couldn't believe how all the traffic you have out there. Jeez. <laughs> It's amazing. Hey, well, listen, let's get into this because people are dying to know what is Wild Leaders. And so um, what, tell us a little bit about the company, how it got started, and then I'd like to find out, you know, what's the ideal client and audience for you also? So I'm going to tell you the real story, Bob, if <laughs> okay. that's all right. Good. Um, so I, um, I was deeply affected by, um, I, I was involved in multiple longitudinal studies of leaders, and one of them was, a study of we followed 120 leaders in aerospace for about six and a half years and uh and then we studied people who were in pastoral ministry uh senior pastors we studied uh engineers transitioning to leadership all these different studies i had a chance to be a part of through my 30s and um and one of the things when you do that that you start to see is you start to see this larger developmental story when you're integrating theory because i'm you know i'm surrounded by some subject matter experts on this team that were and we're putting these leaders under the microscope, but also understanding a, just this complex story of their development that include their competence, their call and purpose, their uh, support networks, the experiences they've had, all of it, their motivations. And, uh, and at the same time that I was involved in all this work, I am also, Bob, a gamer. And so no. I don't play too much, <laughs> but um, I, uh, I was being deeply affected, especially when gaming tech platforms went online about how gaming platforms were motivating change in people. Mm. And I have, a, I have a longer story that I won't tell you now that mm. someday we'll, over a cup of coffee, I'll share with you. But, but so I started this business and I actually gave it a weird name. Um, I named it after my Xbox gamer tag. Oh, and so- geez. <laughs> the original tools that I developed, because what I what I started to have this vision of is could I develop a system for developing leader capacity that, a, that an organization could embed as their way. We always say that like organizations have a system for their finances and for everything that they do for their right. operations. Yep. Why don't you have a system for developing leader capacity? And part of that's because they can't afford things that corporations are doing. So I, I developed, developed this online platform and I called it, Bob, badbobby.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and one of the, the there were multiple convictions on my heart around like why would you my wife was like why would you call it that like and, and <laughs> I got to tell you I mean it's mul part of it was my inspiration from from gaming but it was also this realization that every leader has this story that they're not telling you know what I mean mm -hmm. that um is difficult to share and so I told my wife I said I feel con I felt convicted about that so with with having that weird name several thousand leaders used the process mm. um and so. 
at one point I knew that I needed a little different brand, but I also wasn't willing to sacrifice kind of the unconventional nature of it or of the brand. And so um, I had a, a person tell me, she said, you really, the name that I think you should entertain is Wild Leaders. And she said, it's, this was a friend of mine in Oklahoma City. And she said, it's, it stands for whole and intentional leader development. I was like, oh, wow. That is brilliant. Yeah. And so rebranded everything around that. And, and what it is that we do is we provide, it's a system of 10 developmental assessments that are used by coaches, um, all kinds of you know groups of leaders meeting together. But primarily, our, our primary market um, has been to organizations that are looking to provide a system for developing leader capacity. So we architect a 60 to 90 minute conversation at once a month. And then the tools are designed in a way that you use one tool a month, every person does, and then they share. And we create architecture for that, that kind of vulnerability around the most important things to think about in their developmental journey. We know what those things are from that research. Like they have right. to reflect on their confidence in some of that. Right. And, and, and there's 10 different spaces that they, they work on. And then it's rinse and repeat because these organizations, because there's narrative inside of the tools, the story changes. Right. So organizations are using it for their development platform for multiple years. And so that's a little description of what, what it is. That is so awesome, man. That is so great. Now, is there a fun element? Is there a gaming element to it as to how they, they well, take this information I, in? There's a, a little bit. And if I'm honest, Bob, like I can, whoever's listening right now, I can yeah. beat up on most of your teenagers and their friends <laughs> at Call of Duty still. Right. But, um, but uh, that's just me showing off a little yeah, bit. But right. the, I did, we did. We gamified it a little bit. There is some, I think there's, I, you need those carrots just to some of those metrics, but I think the primary <laughs> gaming integration was, um, was providing networks alongside a person's narrative. Or, sorry, providing metrics alongside a person's narrative. Okay. So some of those metrics are you know, scores that you could think about increasing, but also with an understanding that sometimes those scores go down. And so don't put everything in that, but okay. we did, we did gamify it a bit. <laughs> So give me an example of somebody coming through this and, and, and what are they getting as far as these scores and what's that look like and how's that helping them to improve or understand something more about themselves? Yeah, so it is it is such a simple process. Quite literally, it is 10 assessment moments. It's 10 assessments. We call them tools. Because mm -hmm. um, sometimes assessment can sound like a test. We say these are tools, not tests. You use them, you don't take them. So there are right. no wrong answers. Okay, great. So they get, you know, I'm just, I'm a psychologist. So I'm good at, like, one of my strengths is developing assessments and profiling. Mm -hmm. But also what so rarely happens is, is actual narrative alongside that. So for, so for example, one of the assessments is called the skills and knowledge inventory, which gets deep into like, if I was, if it was yours, Bob, you would be like, so what are Bob's competencies mm -hmm. as a leader? Right. What are the, what, of, of those competencies, which one is Bob able to use right now or necessary for him to use? And then where are those developmental gaps? Um, one of the other tools is, is all about, and what, so what you do is you finish that assessment and you get a personalized feedback report. Okay. And it, it stacks up in a library, which is very, uh, very motivating to fill the library. Okay. So, and, uh, and so all the, the leader does is they, they use the assessment, they get their feedback report and read it. And they come into a conversation with their leadership team or other parts of their organization, ready to talk about what it is they're learning about their competence. Cause you take something like competence, we don't just do our, our strengths together. I mean, alone. Right. If you and I are on a team, we've got to work out where are their gaps, you know, right. and so on. So, um, and so there's 10 developmental assessments that that's basically what we do. And then it's rinse and repeat. And it's such a simple process and system, but we've seen leaders. Um, I had a, a leader who was taking over as the CEO of the business for his dad. And, uh, 
and his the people on his team said, if you had to- told me a year ago that that's what was going to happen, they would have said, there's no way he'll be ready to do that. Ah, okay. And through that investment, that intentional, longer-term investment, one year later, all the people were saying, like, I can't imagine you not being, he was actually was a CEO a year later. Wow. And so there's something about that that draws people, but uh, and we'll get into the faith component in a yeah. minute. But anyway, that's, that's what it is we do. Okay, that's great. So uh, obviously hearing about this, I mean, there's a lot of these kind of tools out there, as you well know, a lot of leadership stuff and everything else. So what make, well, how would you describe yours as being more unique than any of the other stuff that's out there? <laughs> and by the way, being unique is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, right. Because, people, <laughs> because sometimes people have never experienced a system for their development before. And right. I call it a system that breathes. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are used to one-off kinds of moments. Right. Um, where it's like that summer camp moment, your kid goes off to camp and they mm-hmm. come back all fired up, but then two days later, they're back to the same kid. Right. And it's, um, and so in the same way, that's, that's kind of the culture of leadership development. It's one of the reasons I just kind of bristle against that way of doing things. Cause we know that <laughs> the best, the, the best way to develop a leader is actually to put an intentional structure, mm-hmm. but it has to be a structure that allows space for their, for that individual's nuance and humanity to be to breathe into it oh man and so so what it is we provide is a research-based process that gets you into a conversation imagine over your year every month you're having a conversation around the most important areas what 40 years of research was there the most important areas for you to talk about regarding your development and then sharing it with other people with whom you work Mm. um and and it it and so that's and that the reason why newness is sometimes hard is because that's category defining yep Yep. Most people are used to something very different, and so the organizations, but we're able to bring about deep systemic change in cultures by doing that. Let's get into the, real quick, in the last couple of minutes we got left here, is the calling and purpose thing we talked about earlier. So why don't you share a little bit about that and, and get uh, put some meat on there. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the tools in the, in, the, in the Wild Toolkit is the calling and purpose inventory. And I oftentimes, I, I, um, I've noticed that the way that we have defined calling in our culture typically now is that we talk to people and we'll ask people, what is your calling? We use that language constantly. And if you look at the, even the theological history around the word world, mm-hmm. I, I, it's one of the first times in history for millennia that we've ever used that phrase. Mm-hmm. And so it caused me to do deeper research, like how have people within the church and, and just across the world talked about calling. And it, you get, even psychologists who have defined calling will describe it as a transcendent summons. Mm-hmm. A summons. And so I describe calling as something that you something that you hear and not something that you have. Okay. That's and, great. And the danger of describing it as something we have, like when I say, Rob, this is my calling, is I had a friend who was a pastor and he felt never heard God's voice more clearly than when he felt called to ministry. And so he called it his calling to ministry, but then a year later he hated his job. Mm. And so it was interesting because if if you if you hate your job and your job is your calling. What are you left to feel? And it was like this, almost this self-loathing that kicks in for some people in, in moments. And so, so when I talk to leaders about the, the sense of call as this transcendent summons, I say, it's something that you listen for. It's not something you have. Wow. Wow. What does God, what does God want 
not it's not yours it's it's all the burdens on god it's all our burden is to listen yep and then purpose i have a different way of describing okay. but it's i let, think just getting let's, to the let's part. get into that part in the next segment because we're running out of time here so folks you guys stay tuned because uh, he's just got started on the calling but the purpose thing is also going to be very enlightening uh as far as what rob can share with us so again stay tuned we're going to be right back here with dr rob mckenna ceo and founder of wild leaders This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Dr. Rob McKenna, CEO and founder of Wild Leaders. And before I do this, by the way, I'm going to teach you a little bit. We're going to get, we got a great giveaway today, so I, we're going to get at that in a little bit. But I wanted to just pick up, Rob, a little bit more. Uh, you had some really interesting uh, definition of calling and and how that's changed or what we've done within it from a theological standpoint. So why don't we wrap that one up and then let's talk a little bit more about the purpose and what you're doing with that as far as uh, the folks that you're training. Yeah. Okay. So you opened up that calling and purpose conversation is really interesting to me. And Bob, one of the ways I think about calling and purpose is I think about a common claw hammer. Mm. I don't know why. And uh, and I use this example because um, if you look at a hammer – and I also think about Amazon products mm-hmm. when I think it's important for us, we, we kind of mix up these words, calling and purpose. And like I said, we have a whole assessment process that helps people discern this deeper sense of call and purpose called the calling and purpose inventory. And it's, and, and what's fascinating about an Amazon product, when you think about the purpose of it is when you look at a product, I don't know if you're like me, but you look at what are its, what size is it? If it's a physical object, right? How big right. is it? Will it fit? Right. Um, how and I look at the reviews. How have people used it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has it has specifications that are important, um, and all those questions, the Q and A in there. I always think about those things. So if you look at a, a, a hammer as an example, a hammer was created for two purposes. I mean, and you don't have to be a you know <laughs> a woodworker to understand that. It was like pound and pull nails is pretty obvious when you look at a hammer. Like it was right. made for that. And so when I tell leaders, I'm like, I say it's really important for you to get into this discernment process of the purpose for which you are designed. Mm. And also, and that some of that purpose may emerge for you, but that, that you understanding your strengths and your limitations and the things that you're good at is, is a really important part of the leader development process. However, there's something that is that calling is a different thing because when I talk about the hammer, I'll, I'll tell leaders, um, could the hammer be called to do something other than pound or pull nails? Mm. And, and my point is, of course, like I, the hammers in my house, I've used to do crazy, ridiculous things like to pry all <laughs> kinds of things or to use it as a paperweight. You know what I mean? Right. Or to even, I've used it as a shovel before. Uh-huh. And so if the hammer had a brain <laughs> or a spirit, it might say, I wasn't made for that. Mm. I don't want to do that. And I think about even when you th- in this, you know, you think about this even theologically or think about what when scripture talks about, like when God called people. It was most often to things that they said, I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. I was just and and the, the cultural phenomenon of calling, when we say, what is my calling? What do we really mean? And I think most of the time we mean like, what are, I, what are my passions? What are my strengths? What am I right. good at? Which I'm not saying it can't be those things, but that one of the fundamental things that calling and purpose do share is an issue of will. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. this, this issue of what do I want mm-hmm. and what does God want? Right. And I think and I think that's a I think that's a conversation that God can handle, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. But it, but if it doesn't start with with me, um, you know, in a position of obedience and saying, "Lord, you can have your way," right? What is it that you want? And truly, truly to listen to that, that the call on my life is God's to provide. It's not mine to find. Got it. You know. Okay. Um, and so that's, I don't know if that's controversial, but it's just it's been so helpful to me and so many leaders that we work with to that frame. Well, I want to I want to tap on that a little bit because you deal with secular groups also. So how do you explain that to secular groups about God's calling or God's <laughs> you know discernment? That's a, that's a great question. You know what's funny is that secular researchers on calling define it the same way. <laughs> so it's defined as a transcendent summons. Now for me, that's God. Right. But I've had I've had leaders come up to me and say, Rob, if I don't believe in God, do you believe that I am called? Mm. And I'm like, of course I do. You know, you know, but it's like, but I but I'll tell people like, could I, I also don't believe that God's always calling. Like it's a it's a relationship. Right. And so and and I, I also Bob, this is kind of funny, but I'll talk about a phone call and like if someone calls me, I have there's all kinds of working parts in that me receiving a call, like who's calling? What do I think they want? Do I want to pick up the phone? Do they provide energy or is it, are they going to challenge me? Or is it just to, you know, say hi, right. That, that if, if that we could understand probably a lot about our relationship to God, just by think, simply thinking about phones. But I just, I think that the concept of call and purpose, by the way, is something that, that our culture is paying attention to. Yes. Is this, this possibility that I am, that I am summoned to do something that is bigger than myself. I think from a, from a faith-based perspective, it's not all about me. Yep. And so, um, and I think other people on I grab on understand that as well. Yeah. At least the ones that I, I motivate. And I would share with, with you that you you hit on something that why people are paying more attention. I think the pandemic really did a lot of people's assessment of what the heck were they doing in life. What I was I doing? Right. And getting off the hamster wheel and starting to reflect. You know, what what is my purpose? What what am I doing? You know, what am, yeah. And it could be you could call that anything you want to calling purpose or whatever. But I think the reflection time that people had, uh, I mean, that's why we had the great resignation, I think. Why people finally right. started re- reflecting and saying, you know, I'm just tread- I'm, I'm, I'm treading water here. What am I doing? When one I'm thing, not getting any satisfaction. About that, Bob, I would also suggest that, you know, you're asking about people who may not come from a Christian faith perspective and right. the challenge of that. I would say the challenge is equally great with people who do. Oh, mm, well, yeah. <laughs> because because we use language we say all the time like we try to tell our our you know like our college students is like what is your calling and it's like mm-hmm. that language bob it's never been used i can't right. find it in the history books and so it's like <laughs> instead of that i i tell leaders like you the language matters like what is god requesting of you yep yep so it's just like you know one yeah. of the things they want to do here is just getting because this is how we incorporate faith and work so how would you how would you describe your incorporating faith in your work? I feel so blessed that it's sort of seamless. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted I have a little story about this uh, a CEO who a lot of times you know we work with a lot of small to mid cap businesses. We work mm-hmm. with ministries and all kinds of not crazy amazing nonprofits too, but um, healthcare, government, all over the map. But but we work with a lot of small to mid sized businesses. And these CEOs, you know, that I'll meet, and then they they got to develop leader capacity in their organization. And this mm-hmm. one that we engaged with, um, I was working with his whole. We, our team was working with the leadership team there, and he asked me if I would meet with meet with him. And he made this statement that he he said this. He said, "You have found a way to repackage the Bible." Mm. And um, and I was and I got kind of defensive because that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I also got that way because. Um, 
I, I'm not, we, we provide this process. This process is, is absolutely relevant, whether you're a Christian person or not. Right. And, uh, but then he clarified, because he realized I got kind of, I, I was trying to explain what it is we actually do. And he said this, he said, he said, I stated that the program that you masterfully built was a repackaging of the Bible. And he said, your response left me confused. And upon reflection, I think I may have offended you. <laughs> he thought he offended me. He didn't oh, offend wow. me. I was just trying to clarify. <laughs> right. And he said, he said, he said it was a huge compliment. I recognized early on that your program was built around biblical principles. And he said, it's hard to share the gospel. And you found a way to get, get those principles out there in a way that the hearer doesn't, isn't, doesn't know that and feel a resistance unless they're already aware of that. And he said, he said it was amazing that that was, that was part of the accomplishment. Um, and so That's when you ask great. about integration of my faith, it's like, I don't, I, it hasn't been very difficult because the human story is the human story. Right. I don't believe that the gospel is true just simply because the Bible told me so, but because it is. Yep. Yep. And so as a person narrates their developmental journey, yep. their, their questions of faith always come out. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so okay. it's been, and so for me, it's been this amazing season of that kind of integration um, to be able to do that. And it's just, uh, I get to be myself and, and use what, what God has given okay. me for the last 25 years to invest deeply in leaders has just been an incredible All right, season. guys. Listen, I, I, I got to get in here now because we got this freebie we got to give away here, Rob. So, uh, and uh, the freebie is going to be, he's got an article uh, that we're going to download. There's also articles of 10 Scientific Truths of the Whole Intentional Leader Development. So what I want you guys to do is you want to get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword wild, W-I-L-D. So that's a keyword wild. Text me at 312-210-0603. And we're going to get this in your hands. You'll be able to, be, it's a downloadable uh, PDF, right, Rob? That they can get yep. in their hands yep. to, to uh, see this. Yep. And uh, believe me when I tell you, you know, we, we got a short 60 minutes here where Rob's been explaining something. <laughs> this is loaded with stuff. You're going to want to get this thing. So get out there and do that. Hey, uh, one of the things, Rob, that I want to get to here uh, is uh, a couple things, you know, that always I want my uh, listeners to understand is, uh, you know, what words of wisdom would you give to your younger self? What words of wisdom? Um, it's so interesting. Um, <laughs> one th so to my younger self? Yep. Um, so here's, here's, here's the, that makes me think of that so i'm speaking to rob i don't know as a college student i probably would have said your educating your education and edu educating others is going to matter a lot mm. so and I, and I think so keep getting ready is what i would tell my younger self because i think sometimes i wasn't sure for the sake of what and whether i was doing the right thing okay um number two look for businesses and entrepreneurs preneurs like you sooner there are a lot of people out there like you that you don't know exist. Ah, okay. I, I was surrounded by corporate leaders for a long time, and mm -hmm. I did not have people like me who were entrepreneurs. Yep. Uh, and now I do. Yep. And so I would have said that. And then I would have said the voice inside you that feels like God um, is getting you ready is true. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the last one, because I just felt like that. I'm like, am I being prepared for something? And then the number four is listen to them, uh, but don't put too much faith in those who are fighting against you. Because uh, there were times where I did get, I got advice when I was younger that I was like, yeah, that was bad advice. I'll learn from it. But <laughs> real quick here too, what's interesting, cool, and funny, because you shared a couple things with you. So we'll share that with the audience in the remaining seconds we have left here. Okay. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but so I'm, 
I'm better than most 16 year olds at Call of Duty. Okay. Um, and I can find the data to support that if anybody right. wants that. Um, my my favorite music is melodic metal. Oh jeez, that's the way I describe it. Okay, or anything that I that anything that has a spirit of ho- my friends call it hopeful melancholy is my music genre. Okay, and then the last thing is that I'm becoming more introverted with age, especially <laughs> after three thirty p.m. Like I'm not the guy that you want to go to dinner with. Uh, I get kind of ridiculous after three thirty. Well, it's, you know, I'm glad we snuck this in before your <laughs> downtime. Hey, listen, folks, you want to stick with us here because we're going to come back with a miss subject the round uh, that Rob and I are going to roundtable so you got to come back okay uh, to my special guest we're going to roundtable a mystery subject with Rob McKenna This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Dr. Rob McKinnick, CEO and founder of Wild Leaders. And I uh, was remiss, we got to know, uh, Rob, how can they get a hold of you? Well, it's easy, I think. So the first thing would be to go to wildleaders.org, and they'll, like, our, uh, they'll just see a ton of information. We have free resources on there, too, articles white papers, but also an introduction to the process. And then if you want to get uh, get in touch with us, go to contact at wildleaders.org. Um, okay. And, and we will we will get back to you if you have a need to develop yourself or leader education for yourself or for others in your organization to come to us. And then I also would want to invite people, Bob, to the wild conversation. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, the beginning of COVID, we, we launched out and I, I've always been envious of pastors because they own Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everybody knows, even if you don't go to church, you know when it is. And so, right. so we thought at the beginning, how are we going to serve people in our sphere of influence and, you know, who don't have any resources? And so we launched this conversation on Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And it was one hour curated, well-architected, engaging conversation with leaders across the country. And I thought no one's going to come. And the first Friday, I think 40 leaders showed up. Wow. And so okay. ever since then, this is this is March of 2020. We've, okay. We average somewhere between 30 and 90 leaders every week. And it's, wow. just, it's an amazing conversation with depth. And I'd love to have folks show up. And they can go to the Wild Leaders website and okay. on the resources. They can just register there. Awesome. Well, I told you, folks, we got a mystery subject. We're going to roundtable. So, Rob, what's our mystery subject? Bob, <laughs> this topic that has been, I, and I, I hesitate to bring it up because it's something that is in process within me. Okay. But is the the question of how do we pay attention to things that will last? Ah, okay. Um, and it's, uh, I think the the tension that I feel in the work that we do, and I, when I say tension, I don't mean bad. I, I think right. that the reality of tensions and paradoxes in our life is kind of what makes us wonderful as humans. And, you know, and, yep. and God understands that. But I've been thinking a lot about things that will last and, and, and also this reality that we have to pay attention to things that don't as well. Mm-hmm. And this, um, to, uh, to sort of dismiss away what's often taught called philosophically like uh, dualism, this idea that there's the physical world and there's the spiritual world is that, that, it, that actually those things are working together. And so my budgets matter, you know, these short term kinds of things, but, Ultimately, what is it that will last when I step back and I think about it from a kingdom perspective and what the way God sees the world? Yep. I just I've been thinking a lot about that for myself mm-hmm. and trying to be mindful in the midst of daily pressures of of business mm-hmm. is, is how do I maintain a perspective on things that God says? That's that's the way I see it, Rob. 
Yeah, you, you know, know one of the things I like to comment on, have you ever read Bob Berg's book, uh, 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 Halftime? I have not. Okay, not, you got no. this, this fabulous, yeah. fabulous book. And basically what halftime is about, at the halftime of your life, what are you going to have to, it's, it, the, the, the subline is from success to significance. And I think mm-hmm. it's just fabulous because the research that he did said, if you haven't got something significant in your life by the time you're ready to retire, you'll die within five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? What is significance? Okay. And you just touched on this. What's going to last? And to the point of, from a, a faith standpoint, what will ultimately endure? We know that everything, our physical possessions are going to be dust, right? So what is going yeah. to endure? And that's eternity. And what is eternity going to look like, you know, for any of us? So Halftime is a great book yeah. by Bob Berg. And, well, and, and, and I get it. I, I do, <laughs> at, at the risk, sometimes I alienate some of my closest friends who speak a language that's slightly different from mine. One of the things that I think about, even with the term legacy, where that mm-hmm. idea of what will I be remembered for, mm-hmm. I don't think that's all bad, but I think sometimes it's kind of missing the point. Yep. Because it's like, instead of, for me personally, what I've been kind of wrestling with is this reality. I read a lot of Oswald Chambers still. I've kind oh, of gotten yeah. back into that devotional. Sure. And when you read Oswald Chambers and you see his theology, it's interesting because for him, it's very clear that everything is about God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yep. And so it's not even, th- it's not even for me that the things that will last are so often I think about what is my own significance or what is, you know, my own legacy and opposed to thinking like, Lord, what are you doing that I may never even be aware of? Bingo. <laughs> How could I pay attention to those things? And whether that, that it's not about me managing or being responsible for the outcomes that I'm, I, that I am right. but primarily I'm responsible for obedience yes. to the call. Yes. And it's um, funny that you say that, too, because I've told people for many years, because I only came to the Lord 22 years ago. And one of the things yeah. that God laid on me was basically is that my hope is, and what I'm pointing towards, is that when I'm in front of him, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And then maybe with that, here's what you did with your gifts and talents, and I'm not even going to have a clue to that. Okay? Exactly. I'm not even going to have a clue to that. Because to your point, if I'm obedient in my walk, if I'm obedient with God has charged me to do some gifts and talents he's given me, then shame on me for wasting that. But it's only gotten clearer for me as I've gotten older. And maybe that's what the the definition of wisdom is, okay? (laughs) Is that, A, I'm not the smartest guy in the room anymore, uh, and I don't care that I'm not, and I'm okay with that, and I can admit it, but guess what? In my definition of wisdom, I know where to go get the answers now. You know what else is interesting, Bob, is I was thinking, um, as you were saying, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if the Lord also showed me, let me show you how I was glorified when you were screwing it up. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah. I think that sometimes, when, I mean, I talked to, I talked to a pastor just the other day, I was um, texting with him and this happens all the time where he was leaving his church and he felt this this sense of like, what if I have broken the church in half by leaving? Because he felt called to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I just told him that what I would want to hear is that we're not responsible for that outcome. We're yep. only responsible for following the call that's ne- and whatever's next. You know, so it's yep. like we do our best. Yep. And to step back and see what would God show us would be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I and, and let's get a little bit more. You know, when you say about things that last, uh, are we talking about... The, Biblical things? Are we talking about what are we talking about here from your perspective? Because you've been chewing on this a while. I have been chewing on this a while. There's so many places I could go. Um, I don't know if you if you've seen the wild logo. It's a mm-hmm. it's a circle. It's a pretty thick circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's a it's it's a washer. 
Okay. Um, and so I tell you that because there's a whole story around, I've been to India many, many times and there's a whole generational connection to my, my, my dad's written 48 books oh, and geez. in many of them, he wrote about India mm. and, and a call that he and my mother felt to India, but they've never been. Oh my and goodness. so I've ended up going in their place. Um, okay. and, and there's a whole kind of missional connection that we have there. But this whole thing of circles uh, has been really important, a symbol for me. And so what I do, Bob, is I find washers all over the road. Oh, wow. They're everywhere. And when I find them, for me, it's a reminder of what God might be starting, mm -hmm. continuing, or finishing. Right. That I may not fully see, but just to stop. And I find a washer, a rusty washer on the road, and I give them to leaders all the time. And I'm like, it's a reminder to pay attention. Yeah to what it is that God may be doing through the actual block and tackle parts of my life or business or work or my family in those moments. So for me, it's kind of a way to connect those two sides of in a way that's more integrated. Yep. Um, to stop and pay attention. What a great metaphor. I love that. <laughs> and it's so simple, right? I mean, it's just so simple. You can put something like that in your hand. I've been giving away these uh, uh, military coins that with Ephesians on it, Ephesians 11 on it, you know, uh, the armor of God, because I feel that yeah. you know, as leaders, we need this armor around us because we're under attack all the time. And yeah. having yeah, yeah, that yeah. and being able to strap that on, you know, and understand that. So I carry this with me and I've given it out to a whole bunch of leaders just to say, look, you know, I'm going to give you something I want you to carry with you because you're going to need this. You know, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to need it, you know. I can't, I can't wait till the moment you find a washer, Bob, and yeah. you send it to send me a text. Uh, okay, buddy. <laughs> I will. Hey, are you okay. looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with your G7 network. Charters are forming here in Chicagoland. I'm proud to announce that I'm the regional manager here. We are now going to be in six states shortly, and I've got six chapters going here in Chicago. So reach out to me uh, at the text number and just with the G7, and I'll be glad to connect you. Rob, thanks so much, buddy, for being on with me today. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.